Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, dear ones. Hello, beloved family. How are you doing? I ask you that every day, and you're probably answering me from where you are. How are we supposed to be doing? And and I remember someone <clears throat> in a women's conference saying to everybody, how are you doing under the circumstances? And um, they were pretty uh, forlorn. And she said to them, well, what are you doing under there? What are you doing under the circumstances? You shouldn't be. God is our God. He's on the throne. He's not left. We trust him to know what he's doing. The evil that abounds uh, is enough for him to smite us off the face of the earth. And uh, it always was. It always was. And he died for us while we were yet in our sin. And he died for all of us alive today before we were even born and before we committed those sins. But God is outside of time. And he died for every single sin anyone would ever commit um, and uh, for all time. So uh, whatever is going on today, our Lord died for it. Died for the sin of every politician, every Every pope, every president, every uh, bishop, everyone, everyone, everyone. And the only road to salvation is not for things to change uh, in the church, not for things to change politically, not for things to change anywhere else in the world, but for us to turn our hearts to God. That's it. That's it. And I would not um, advise as kind of a a little bit of a mockery word, advise anyone um, to, but it's serious. I would not, uh, I have to think of another word, um, wish that anyone would uh, forfeit heaven and spend eternity in hell because of other people. It could be somebody, it could be a husband, it could be a wife, it could be a parent, a child, who's causing you heartbreak and misery. It could be a priest, a bishop, the pope, uh, the president, uh, uh, political issues, uh, party uh, uh, platforms, all of that. It could be all of that. And if any of that causes us to lose faith, to lose hope, and we forfeit heaven because of it, and therefore choose hell, um, nobody will be to blame but us. It has to be. It is. God gave us free will. It will always be our choice. So whatever circumstance you're in, however you grieve over the present situation uh, inside and outside the church, don't let that situation, that person, that group, no matter how close to you or far they are, don't let them determine your eternal salvation. You alone determine that. When we stand before God, we will not be able to say, um, I took this road or I did this because of this, because of them. 
it'll have nothing to do with us. God has poured his spirit within us. If we are baptized Christians and we uh, uh, frequent the sacraments and we are, we consider ourselves his children, we need to live as his children and be in the world and not of it. And that's becoming more of a challenge each day, but also becoming more obvious today. Yesterday, we began to read a letter that Peter, St. Peter, our first pope, uh, wrote to the mostly the Jews who were the first Christians. Christianity is a Jewish faith that was to be spread all over the world. Um, and they were persecuted for their faith, and they huddled together to be safe uh, from everybody. And God said, this is not why I uh, poured my love into you. This is not why I gave you the gospel. You need to go throughout the world uh, and spread that gospel. Hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> okay, just a tickle. Um And so they wouldn't do that, and he scattered them. That was the first persecution. God brought it about. God brought persecution on his people, the first little huddle of Christians, uh, in order to say, out of there, I want you to spread the gospel all over the world. Uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other ends of the world. You can't be huddled up here in a little um, uh, us four no more close the door. We can't do that. And so um, uh, Peter, in their exile, in their persecution, wrote them this letter. And I think, beloved, that it pertains to us today um, because Peter writes, uh, he calls himself a servant, apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith as precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he greets them, may grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And then he says this to the persecuted Christians, reminding them of their call and their election. St. Peter says his divine power, as this is the second chapter of um, This is 2 Peter chapter 1, I should say. Um, His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness. And we we could say, yeah, but the the priests, the bishops, the world uh, has abandoned us. And what are we to do? And Peter's telling us what to do. It has nothing to do with the world. Um, He said his divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness How? Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's it. If we know God, if we love him, that's all we need. That's all we need. We want uh, everybody to be on track. We want all people to love and adore the Lord Jesus Christ. We want that. We want our families to be in order. We want all that. But we are God's witnesses in the world. And we have everything we need, everything, everything. We can't say, well, when my husband comes back to the faith, when my wife um, comes back to the faith, when my children come home, when uh, the politicians do this, when this person's elected president, when, when this, that, that. It's got nothing to do with our salvation. Absolutely nothing to do with our salvation, our family. 
we need knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We need to so live as if we are in the world and not of it, and then we can be God's emissaries, his missionaries, to a broken world and to a broken family. <clears throat> Peter says, thus he has given us through these things his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of lust and may become participants of the divine nature. He didn't say you may escape from the world. He said you may escape from the corruption in the world. And how do you escape from that? By hiding in a little box? No, by living for God. And he will give you the grace to be his witnesses in the midst of this corruption. <clears throat> for this very reason, here Peter gives us instructions. Here's our March orders, beloved. Today, for this very reason, you must make every effort to support your faith with, listen to this, with goodness. Not fighting, not rallies, not all of that. With goodness. And goodness, and you need to take every effort to support your faith with goodness and support your goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance, and endurance with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. And you say, but that's, uh, yeah, I, uh, this is not practical. We have to do this, we have to do that. Well, we're doing what Adam and Eve did. They turned from God. We want to do it our way. I've said before, Frank Sinatra only put music to the words, I'll do it my way. That's what Adam and Eve did. They turned from God. They wanted to be like God without God. They wanted to do it themselves. And that's what we, we're activists. We, we want to get back. We want to uh, uh, revenge. We want revenge for injuries and unfaithfulness and all of that. And we, could, we have the freedom to do it. God gave us free will, but it will not solve anything. Peter has given us the way to solve. Jesus came to earth and walked among us to bring us to God. How did he do that? By everything he said? Of course. But it was the life that he lived. It was the life that he lived. And that's how we, uh, who have more than anyone on the face of the earth, will help anybody get to heaven by the life that we leave, lead. And by the way, we'll help, help ourselves too. <coughs> Excuse me. Peter says, for if these things are yours, what things? Knowledge, goodness, self-control, endurance, godliness, affection, mutual affection with love. If these things are yours and are increasing among you, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the music for our first break, beloved. Um, I'll take your calls after the second break, and feel free to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. The Terry and Jesse Show. Hi, this is Terry Barber from The Terry and Jesse Show. We bring you the gospel with clarity and charity. If you have any questions about the faith or what is happening in the church, be sure to tune in at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific. You can call us during the show, 888-526-2151. On the Station of the Cross radio network and heard around the world on the iCatholic radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of uh, the beginning, um, the middle of the beginning of St. Peter's letter to the persecuted and scattered Christians um, uh, in the first century uh, who were persecuted for their faith because Christianity began in, uh, in the midst of uh, uh, chaos, evil, all of that, and they were put to death. And the government, everything else was corrupt. And they were being persecuted by their own people because Jesus came for the Jews. Um, and the many believed, but many did not. And the ones who did not believe were persecuting the Jews who did believe. And so they, they huddled together to protect themselves and God brought persecution on them to scatter them because they were they have the greatest news in the whole world news of the savior of the Jewish Messiah that they've waited for for 2,000 years and they need to tell the world and so do we dear ones <clears throat> it's another 2,000 years plus later now and we have the greatest message ever given to the world we have the message of the Savior, the one who will save us, not just from the corruption of the world, but from our own sins, the one that will bring us to heaven if we follow him, 
it's, the story hasn't changed. If Adam and Eve would have followed him, they would have had all of life. Instead, they were cast out of the garden and <clears throat> brought sin into the world. The same thing with us. We have nobody to blame. We may have a lot of excuses. We ha- may have a lot of complaints. We may correctly analyze the situation of evil uh, in our country, but it has nothing to do with our salvation. <coughs> No matter what, even if we're persecuted, even if we cannot go to Mass, uh, I think Bishop Athanasius Snyder before us is is a very present, magnificent, and holy example. He grew up without the Mass, without priests, persecuted. Um, Look at the holy man of God he is, because he had a family that taught the faith at home, and... um, uh, he has never ceased being grateful for our Lord and for what he has. And that needs to be all of us. It need, and you say, may say, well, I didn't have a good home like that. Well, um, there are people with good homes who have no idea who Christ is. And so you have come, if you've come from a dysfunctional or broken or abusive situation, but you've put your faith in Christ, it's only because he's poured his love on you. No one comes to me, says Jesus, unless the Father um, uh, call him and so and draw him. And so God reaches down into our broken lives, our wounded lives, our sinful lives, and draws us to himself that we can repent of not the evil that's been put on us, but whatever we've done, and we can have life, new life, and be God's missionaries to the world. Uh, it, you know, it's mostly people that have been alcoholics that when they are cured from their alcoholism, they want to open centers for alcoholics. They want to reach out to alcoholics because they understand more than anybody else, more than professional counsels, counselors, perhaps they understand the pain. They understand what these people have been through and they want to help them out of it as they were helped out of it. And I think the same for us. Whatever we've grown up with, whatever dysfunction, whatever abuse, whatever abandonment, whatever loss, uh, rejection, all of it, and whatever the circumstance that has led our country and its... uh, um, um, uh, What do I... The government and individuals into such depth of evil, whatever it is, we have the truth, beloved. We have the truth. And we, like those who begin an alcoholic clinic, we need to reach out to them and say, but there's a Savior. There's a Savior. You can't fix the world, but you can uh, be fixed. You can be free to know God and to have heaven. You can do that, and then you can tell the rest of the world. We have we are the richest people on the face of the earth to have Christ. The richest people on the face of the earth. And that's why Peter says, <clears throat> I'll just reread this last uh, two sentences. For this very reason, you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and then goodness with knowledge. You can't live a faith you don't know, beloved. And then... Um, Uh, supplement knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness and godliness with mutual affection and mutual affection with love. And Peter says, for if these things, St. Peter, our first pope, 
If these things are yours and are increasing among you, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For anyone, he says, for anyone who lacks these things is short-sighted and blind and is forgetful of the cleansing of past sins. If you are a Christian, if you claim to be a Christian, you've been forgiven of your past sins and you claim that you love God. If you lack these things, then you, St. Peter says, all of us who lack these things are short-sighted and blind and forgetful of the cleansing of past sins. I won't boast about this, beloved, but I, I don't imagine ever forgetting being cleansed of past sins. I lived most of my life with no reason to exist. I didn't know why mankind was on the earth, and nothing and no one could ever fill the emptiness, purpose, purposelessness, meaninglessness that I lived with my entire life. And I longed for there to be a reason. I longed for there to be truth, but I didn't know that I could ever find it or that there was such a thing until the day I learned of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he changed my life overnight. No less than, I think, Paul falling off his horse. And I, I can't imagine uh, forgetting my past life and how grateful I am that God has pulled me out of the pit to live for him, to be his witness, to know that if I don't turn from God, I'll be in heaven forever. Do Catholics have the assurance of salvation? They have the immoral, moral assurance we have that if we don't turn from God, we will be in heaven. But we, we don't have the assurance that we will not turn from God. Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, be careful when you think you stand, lest you fall. And there are examples in the, in the scriptures, in the New Testament, of those who fell away from the faith. Does that mean they weren't saved to begin with? It does not. It means that God has given us free will. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from what? From hell, from death, from Satan, from sin. Free to what? Free to follow him, to be his. That is the freedom God has given us. He has not given us the freedom to sin. He has given us the freedom to follow him, and freedom is not freedom unless we have a choice. We have a choice not to follow him, not to love him, but it's not the freedom uh, God gave us. It's, it's, it's the freedom to love him and, like Adam and Eve, to choose to turn from him. And if we turn from him, we will be lost now and through all eternity unless we turn back, beloved. And he will always be there waiting for us. As long as we have breath, we can turn back to God and know his love and be given the reason for why he created us on earth. As long as we breathe, we can do that. It's never too late, no matter what we've done. Christmas is coming up, and I would, I would beg you all to come home for Christmas. How do you come home? Go to a priest. Go to a priest and confess your sins and say, I want to come home. And don't hold anything back from that confession. And let the priest give you a penance um, that will be from God to help you make reparation for your sins. Uh, they will not um, uh, repair the damage that separated you from God. That's what Jesus did on the cross. 
but it will help you uh, make amends, expiation for the temporal effects of your sin on earth. I've, I've said uh, the example I've used recently, little Johnny uh, played baseball and the ball went through Mrs. Smith's window and he went and apologized to her and she said, I forgive you, Johnny. Um, that's comparable to Christ forgiving us uh, from the cross to open heaven for us. But the temporal effects of the sin is that Johnny needs to mow the lawn and do whatever he can to earn the money to pay back the damage, to pay Mrs. Smith back for the broken window so she can get another one. That's our part. That's our atonement. That's our expiation. has nothing to do with our eternal separation from God. And if we don't uh, do that penance on earth, then God has given us an even greater gift uh, to be able to do that in purgatory, um, which we can't do in purgatory. It's a passive state. But um, but the fires of purgatory and the sacrifices of those for us on earth can bring us from purgatory to heaven. <clears throat> and so, um, uh, if you lack the, those things that Peter has listed, First Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, um, then you're short-sighted and blind. You forget. Uh, and uh, you're forgetful of the cleansing of past sins. Peter says, therefore, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided to you. Don't worry about what you fail to do now. Don't worry about the millions of sins you've committed, about the past sins you've not confessed. It'll serve you no good. To worry is the devil's tool. Don't worry and don't regret it. Go to a priest. Go to a Catholic priest. Run to the confessional and come back home. That's what God wants from you. That will bring you happiness and life and peace. And Peter says, therefore, I... <clears throat> some people say to me, Mother, I, we heard you already. Why do you keep repeating yourself? <laughs> I guess because I want it to be clear and, and I want everybody to get it. And I know that if you do nothing about it, you're not getting it. So um, I'm a Jewish mother. Why can't I tell you? And Peter says, Therefore, I intend to keep on reminding you, him too. I intend to keep on reminding you of these things, though you know them already and are established in the truth that has come to you. I think it right as long as I am in this body to refresh your memory, since I know that my death will come soon, says Peter, as indeed our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things oh beloved go to your bible and read it open up your bible to second peter and read the entire letter to dispersed christians who are being persecuted um it it, you can join them in your heart and in your spirit and be uh heroic christians for god in the midst of our evil age there's the music, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one 5483 or email at motherofthestationofthecross.com.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. of the cross we proudly bring the truths of the catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices and we're grateful for the feedback we've received i discovered the station of the cross rather providentially a year ago i've been a loyal listener ever since i can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed catholic has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times it made me laugh on several occasions I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear family, uh, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. I love saying that. I love receiving your calls and your emails and a way for us to support one another. I love that. And I'll give out the toll-free number once more, one 877 5483 and email at mother at com. And again, it does not... Your question, your concern uh, does not have to um, relate to our subject. It's, it's the, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So anything at all. <clears throat> Excuse me, we have a call from Kathy in North Carolina. Are you there, dear one? Yes, yes, sister. Uh, Hi. Good morning. Uh, good. How are you today? Oh, I'm, I'm doing fine, Kathy. Thanks, and thanks for your call. What is your question, okay. sweetie? I ha- this is a twofer. Uh, I I'd like to. This is really bothering me. The last two days ago, I guess it was, uh, and a report came out that Pope John Paul II. Now you know I'm Polish. My both sides of my family. I'm 100% Polish. When he became Pope, I was so proud. To me, he was the best Pope in my lifetime. I'm almost 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And two days ago. I I saw an article that says that he was aware 
of this Father McCarrick, and then he went ahead and and actually, you know, hid him, basically, promoted him, and now this guy is living in Kansas in a, in a seminary. You know, they're paying for his food, his shelter, his medical needs. Uh, you know, I mean, this is so disturbing to somebody who, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, they went and made Pope John Paul II a saint. Now, how is that going to be to the, the flock? Are we going to, is he going to continue to be called Saint John Paul II? And also, is there any way that this current Pope, and he's the second living Pope now that we have, uh, Benedict is in hiding, is there a way that this man can be removed with a petition or, you know, this is just like the end of the world. It seems, it, I don't see how any, any worse it could get. Yeah, Kathy, sweetheart, um, it just got worse, didn't it? Um, the Pope called and congratulated um, uh, so-called President-elect Biden, so it just did get worse. But... Um, I would say as far as John Paul II, I personally love him. And um, we hear news reports, this one's involved, that one's involved, it dates back to then. Um, We don't know the full story. We do not know the full story. Um, We could hear that this one's involved, that one's involved. It doesn't mean it's not true, but we get the sensational scoop, so to speak. We don't know. We don't... uh, John Paul II, uh, beloved saint, is not here for us to say, could you tell us what happened, you know? Um, Why you made the decisions you did. And Pope Benedict the same, why you made the decisions you did. Um, There are many, many factors. And so we we can't make those judgments. We can't conclude those things. Um, if you love him, Kathy, I think you should go on loving him. Uh, I think he is a saint. And again, if you read the lives of the saints and some of the things they did, uh, you would wonder why they're saints also, right? And there are, there are many of them that had all kinds of backgrounds and, and made uh, poor decisions. I'm not uh, saying that uh, St. John Paul II made a... Uh, John Paul II um, made uh, misjudgments. I, I I don't know. I know the news reports, but but don't get angry or upset, Kathy. We just don't know. We just don't know. I think for many many years, it was uh, probably an unfortunate practice uh, in the church to not cause scandal, to not have these these sins be made public. Um, and so, uh, bishops for a long, long time, uh, would, would hide them, would, uh, take them out of commission, would, uh, send them away to another situation, sometimes very wrongly so, but, um, uh, it wasn't until this whole scandal began to break, uh, some years ago in, I think, Boston, that, um, everything has been coming out. But I, 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 I'd have to speak with people individually to be able to, um, and even then I couldn't judge them. So, Kathy, continue to love your dear John Paul II, and um, uh, 
uh, only uh, it, it doesn't mean he's not a saint. We just don't know why he made the decisions he did. And I'll tell you uh, that there are many decisions in my life that I give anything to reverse. And I know I'm not a pope. I don't have the same accountability. But uh, I think all of us have situations that we we judge to make at the time. And we feel we're doing the best thing for everybody involved at the time, not being complicit in their sin, but making the best judgment for the sheep and for others involved. Um, And then, you know, we look back 10, 12 years and we say, you know what, Uh, knowing now what I know, I wouldn't have made that decision. So, uh, you know, we, we just need to leave that with God because we don't know why. We don't know why. Um, what about the, what about the basically recalling this pope? Because I mean, I know myself. I mean, I just don't have any respect for that guy. Um, the current pope, he is yeah. just out there. Yes, I know, sweetheart. Um, but you know what God says? We don't have to like him. We must respect the office. So let's not call him that guy because we may not respect what he's doing, what he's saying, what he's failing to do, but we must respect the office of the Pope. And I don't know that there's any, um, mechanism in the church to recall him or to depose him. I think, um, uh, bishops have spoken out that the only way that he could really, I don't know this, so I'm not announcing it, but my understanding is the only way that he could be taken out of that chair is if he taught heresy that was binding on the faithful. That's the thing. Um, he has taught heresy, and he, again, called to congratulate uh, Biden. And these are disp- these are awful things. I mean, it just it, it's an amazing situation that God is allowing. But he, no matter what he's done and what he's taught, um, these are the opinions or the doings of of a man, uh, even though that man is pope. But he has not made them binding on the faithful to believe. And so he has declared nothing again. He's declared things that are wrong, the civil unions, as an example. But he has not made it binding on the faithful, a matter of the faith that we are bound to believe. If that ever happens, then uh, they can, Then he would no longer be pope. But that has not happened. And so he, the only accountability is in God's hands for the Pope. That's the accountability. Okay. Mother, thank you for your call. I'm sorry it took so long. No, don't but worry, sweetheart. Talking. Thanks. Kathy, what you're expressing, your anguish, your anger, all of that is very, very justified. And you're speaking for thousands of people, Kathy. So you're not alone. We are all in a great agony over all this. And uh, it, everything you're expressing is extremely legitimate. Um, uh, so it, it, I'm glad for your call. I'm glad for the things that uh, we need to express. And we just need to trust God because we don't have the power to do anything else. The Pope is accountable to God alone. 
Uh, well, you know, just like my younger brother and I, we were talking the other day, and we both said we aren't giving up on God, but we're giving up on a lot, a lot of things that are going on. You know, we we made our confession. We have to defend our faith. That I mean, uh, I'm sorry, confirmation. And that's why you receive confirmation yeah. to defend, you know, You're to, a to die of Christ. Your, that's right, yeah. sweetheart. And, You're right. Now, don't but give, we're not giving up on No, you must not. And you must not give up on the papacy and what God has put in place. Because the Pope is not an infallible human being. The gift of infallibility uh, is really a negative gift. All it does is say that when the Pope speaks ex cathedra or ex cathedra is pronounced both ways that is from the chair in his official permission official position as pope that he says this is binding on the faithful to believe um in matters of faith and morals he cannot err so if the pope uh, pope francis decided that for example, on the issue of civil unions, we must believe that as a matter of faith and it's binding on us, then God would, at that point, prevent that evil. He would protect his church. And in 2,000 years, Kathy, there have been evil popes. There have been popes that have committed incest. There are popes just awful stuff that God has allowed. Look at the history of Israel. He's allowed it there, too. Uh, most of Israel's kings were bad. And so, um, but it's not binding on the faithful. And so God will protect and lead his church into all truth to the end of time, not dependent on a man, not even a man in a certain position, but he will protect the sheep from ever being required to believe what is error. Okay, uh, thank you, Mother. You're welcome, sweetheart. You too, Kathy. All right. Hi, Lisa from Florida. Are you still there? I am. I am still here, Mother Miriam. Good, Good, sweetheart. I love you, and I thank you so much for um, all that you do. It's um, just an absolute um, blessing to all of us. Blessed be God. My question. My question relates to. The effectiveness of prayer yes. when you're in a state of grace mm-hmm. or when you're not. I mean, I, you know, by the grace of God, I went to confession on Saturday. I went to Mass on Sunday. And I listened um, to Father Ripperger give a deliverance prayer on the U.S. Grace for, Force. Yes. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, they had a wonderful video the other day where he gave a deliverance prayer so that mm-hmm. we could properly uh, pray for the, you know, the integrity of the election and for the president for safety, et cetera. And at the end, <clears throat> they were saying, you know, state of grace, state of grace, state of grace. And it made me think, well, it's like, I hope I haven't done anything since I went to con- confession. I don't think I have, but... You know, in the situation that we're in, I believe we need all of the the prayers that we can can get. But not everyone is Catholic, where you can go to confession and you know be forgiven. So, and and you know, like the whole whole um, you know, or if you're in a different, if you're you know Protestant <laughs> or a different religion. So if we're if we're praying, if we're all praying. 
is some, some are, are some people's prayers more effective than others? I, I don't. That's yes. where I kind of lost yes. the whole. Yes, some people's prayers are more effective. Read uh, the letter of James. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yes, some prayers are more effective than others, without any question. Lisa, sweetheart, there's the music for our break. Can you hold on till after the break? I will, absolutely. Thank you. Okay, surely. Um, And anybody else, when we come back, we'll have about 10 minutes. It'll be our final segment. Again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at com. And we'll be right back. Don't go away. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live, to let you know that there is a magnificent array of programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, such as Stand Out for Life with Jim Havens and Father Imbarato. They pray for and discuss the pro-life movement each Saturday morning live at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can also listen to Stand Out for Life anytime as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes, 
And um, you're welcome yet to call in. We have Lisa on the line right now. Our toll-free number, our lines are open, uh, is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. Or you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, I know our emails are piling up. I think I'll take one day next week and spend the whole hour answering all your emails. I, I apologize. I don't get to them all. Um, we need more than an hour, I think. Uh, but I'm grateful for the hour we have, dear ones. Um, Lisa, you're still there? Yes, I am still here. I wish you had more than an hour, too. <laughs> oh, you sweetheart. Um, so Lisa's asking about, um, are some prayers more effective than others? Um, and I said, absolutely, yes. And Lisa, when you're talking about a state of grace, um, when we commit venial sin... We're, we're still in a state of grace. Grace is the very life of God in our soul. And so um, we, we need to confess those venial sins, but they don't separate us from God. More, the word mortal means death, and it's death that separates us from God, and, and those, uh, that is with mortal sins. So when you say you're not sure if you've committed any sin since your uh, most recent confession, um, you might have, uh, even unintentionally, even sin you're not aware of that sin. Um, when I go to confession, I always confess the fact that I know I've sinned many more times than I'm aware of because the holier we get, the more we grow, the more we see our sin. The more we love God, the more we see our sin. But it doesn't mean we don't sin. It means that we're not even aware of it, and we ask God to forgive us for all our other sins that we've committed and not even aware of. But if they're venial, uh, we still remain in a state of grace. It's only mortal sin that separates us from God that would remove the state of grace. Grace is the life of God in our soul, and mortal sin cuts us off from that, in a sense, excommunicates us until we make amends. That yeah, that is um, that is so good to know because it, it just um, I always worry about you know everything I do. Don't, um, don't. God have, wants you I to have, live in freedom. And yeah, and um, you know it's like I I pray every day, I pray the rosary every day, so I'm doing the best I can. But I have I have like two two questions. One of them is a real quick. Uh, Go ahead. Um, yes or no, I think. And the um, the deliverance prayer that Father Ripperger um, gave, how many times a day um, can I pray pray it? Do, do, should I have prayed it just once? Can I pray it once a day? Um, you know, I just, uh, you know, it's it kind of, it renews and ratifies, you know, the vows at baptism, you know, and it's a lot, a lot more detailed than that. But I, you know, I wanted to know how often. Did Father um, Ripperger give that suggestion of how often to pray it? He, they, they didn't address that at all, and uh, um, yeah. I you would know, say, that's why I'm asking you. Uh, I don't. There's no should here. There's no should here. Um, uh, I think once a day would be great. I don't think you need okay. to pray it more than once a day unless you feel you're being attacked or, you know, spiritual warfare. But I think once a day would be great. And if you don't pray it, uh, if you pray it once a week, that's also okay. Not to worry about it. Live in freedom. Right. Live as oh, a... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I think that but, that was a big part of what he was saying is that you know, a lot of people 
people are despair, uh, despairing because of, you know, the situation, you know, and, and that's why he, um, you know, mm-hmm. included this prayer or asked us to include in the prayer the president, you know, his safety, the fairness, right. uh, truthfulness and honesty and accuracy yeah. of the election. Good. You know? I think and daily so, is good. Okay. And so then my last question is, um, uh, my friends who aren't Catholic, every everybody, it's like all yeah. so many people that I know, people all over, you right. know, the country, and I, I wouldn't uh, be surprised all over the world are praying for the truthfulness and honesty and integrity of this election. Um, so, uh, what is the difference, um, you know, between? I mean, are there how effective are is everyone's prayer, I guess I could say. Yes, okay. Because I'm Catholic, I, you know, I'm, you know, I went to confession, so, I, you know, um, your I prayer feel is like, effective. Uh, you know, your prayer, a, your right. prayer then but would be effective. But well, right. what about everybody? Well, what about everybody else? Right, right. Um, Mark Twain once said, it ain't the things I don't know that bother me, it's the things I do, right? So um, if we're not living up to, uh, that's why our Lord says in Scripture, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. If people are praying and yet they're in sin and they're not living up to their call and their holy life, I can't speak for how God will answer their prayers because he's more interested in their per- in our personal holiness than in in the president in our prayers for the president. He needs his people to be set apart and holy in the world. And so if someone is praying for someone to be president to get in but they're living a life of debauchery or unfaithfulness um I, God may not be interested in their prayer. Um, again, I mentioned James that the prayer of the rightful, um, uh, of the, um, the prayer of the a righteous man availeth much. So if we're praying, but our life is one of debauchery, I, I don't know that God is going to much answer that because we're not living his priorities. We have to get our life in order and, and then we can be effective uh, God wrote in the uh, Second Chronicles, it's reported in the Old Testament, when Israel was being persecuted by enemies all around it, and they were really in bad shape, and they're crying out to God, and God wasn't interested. He said to them, if my people, I'm reading now Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by their name, by my name, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So anybody could be praying for the election. This is a good thing to do. But if your life is not in order, if you haven't confessed sin, um, that prayer will not be effective and, and God won't hear it. Prayer does, people say prayer changes things. Prayer changes nothing. God changes things through our prayer. Um, and he does hear the prayer of his people, but a people who repent, who seek his face, who seek his heart, and who live to honor him. Those are the prayers he will hear, uh, I believe, whether someone's Catholic or not. Um, um, if somebody is an atheist 
definitely not in a state of grace, doesn't know God, uh, doesn't have the life of God within him, hasn't been baptized, but somehow God's grace brings him to his knees in repentance, and he cries out and he said, Lord, save me, Uh, forgive my sins, I'm so sorry. Will God hear that prayer? Of course he will. Is that man in a state of grace? No, he's not. But God will hear that prayer and bring him to salvation. It's the prayer of a contrite heart. Any sincere prayer, God will hear. God hears all prayers. But in terms of what is effective, that is what God will answer. It's the prayer of a righteous man, a prayer of someone who has the heart of God and not someone who's turned from him unless their prayer is to be restored to him. Does that help, Lisa? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. You are such a blessing that really did clarify, you Good. know, what um, you know, what I was thinking that and I was hoping actually. So Good, sweetheart. Thank you okay. So much. You're welcome, dear one. You too, Lisa. There's our closing music, beloved. I wish you a blessed, blessed weekend. Love one another and live your faith at any cost. And we'll see you on Monday. God bless you.